to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast. Well done, my brave, dear devil compatriots. We're back. Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. We are here to rock the podcast world. And we're back for another edition of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast. We have the Hattrick on the phone on FaceTime. Um, Hello there. So while he gets a view of my nostrils, while the speaker of my phone is... Um, at the microphone. Uh, not a pretty sight. Yeah, it's not a pretty sight. Sorry, the bogeys are just... Sorry about that. I must didn't mean to show you that. Oh, too much information. I don't want to get you for your birthday a nostril streamer. Oh. <laughs> what are you saying? I've got hairs coming up in news. <laughs> you get that when you're nearing 40. I'll tell you something, I get it already. It's bad enough getting hairs in, <laughs> hairs in places. It's bad enough having hairs it is, but in places that you don't want it, it's just annoying. Um, anyway, we'll leave that one there. Um, yes. <laughs> so I heard um, I, I was speaking. Happened to have a conversation with your wife, and uh, just as as you do, um, and she was saying that you had you've. Um, I'm guessing your option of offering gardening services to your neighbours is uh, not quite a good option. Um, yeah, I never thought that would be a good business idea. Not not with my not with my gardening skills. So um, was, yeah. So what happened? We were, Gardening. We were given this. We were given this old strimmer, um, by some in-laws uh, a couple of years ago, and have been sitting in our shed since we moved. And I thought, right, that's fine. We need to strim around the edges of our garden uh, of the lawn because it was kind of growing quite high. Um, but it's an electric one, so I got it all plugged in, and I and of course the cable wasn't long enough, so I got some more cable and I uh, got it a bit longer, put it all back in. But I must have made it too long. Because I was kind of, um, kind of revving the thing away and getting it to work. It was doing a great job of strimming down the, the, the high grass. Um, and then I noticed that I could smell something. Um, and it was wrapping itself, the, the cable was wrapping itself around the, the strimmer. I think it was just too long. And of course, yes. I didn't have any, it was, I'd taken all the guards off it. So it didn't have the bottom guard or the kind of top guard. So ah. it was flying in. Um, and, uh, and then I started to see smoke. Um, so I just come out of it. I thought, well, as long as I can get around the garden, it should be fine. So I managed to do about another five minutes, and it got more and more smoke. <laughs> and eventually, Yvonne saw the smoke coming from it from the window. Um, so she came out, and as she said, "Is everything all right?" And I said, "Yeah, it's absolutely fine." And then she, there was a sound of "woof," you know, Oops. and it became a fire-breathing streamer. So, <laughs> yeah. like, so yeah, there was there were flames coming out inside of it, and uh, just just for a few seconds, so I turned it off what, and what, I let it cool what, down. What were you using? Rocket fuel? No, it's electric, that's the thing, you know. Electric strimmer. Interesting, <laughs> my word. Right. Um, okay. So it went on fire, I think I blew the motor. Oh dear. So so, guessing uh, the... But it was quite fun. So I'm guessing, well, um... if, I cut... if I can't cut the grass, I'll burn it. Okay. You know, so burn it down. <laughs> okay, that's one way of doing it. So I'm guessing you won't be, you won't be offering gardening services to your neighbours any time soon then. Mm. Not unless I've burnt a garden down by accident. Well, you just, I, I suppose you'll have to cancel your audition with the Beach Grove Garden for the BBC. <laughs> I'll tell you something, they'll, they'll be gutted. I'm, I'm terrible at gardening. We are, every, every house we've ever lived in, our gardens have just been... I mean, they've always been relatively under control, but then it's never they never look brilliant. They always look a bit of a mess. Yes. Uh, so. You ever thought of hiring a gardener? or well, something, gar, I'm, not, I'm not a gardener myself, but I can certainly cut, cut, cut some grass. And certainly I can cut grass usually, but... Uh, I'm guessing you're not. Uh, at least my lawnmower's working now. Well, here's, here's the thing for you. What? Right, um, I, I needed to buy a petrol can, you know, the, the kind of plastic petrol cans. Yeah. And it, I, was, I was pretty impressed. So yesterday afternoon, um, I ordered it on Amazon, right? It was four pounds, four pounds and eight pence it was, including delivery on Amazon Prime. Um, and it got here today. Okay. I ordered it at five o'clock yesterday and it got here about half past one, I think it was today. It's good going. Uh, which is pretty good going. And in Duns, it cost you about seven quid to get the same thing. Wow. Where, where, so, where, did, where did it come uh, from, India? No, I think it came from... <laughs> they've got, got a big place in, in Scotland somewhere, I think. <laughs> I, uh, um, but I to, it just shows you how good they are. Special, They're not cheap on everything, but they are pretty good on a lot of stuff. Special, special delivery from ISIS. <laughs> Petrol cans, we have plenty spare. <laughs> 
think they'll be using everything they can get, certainly. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it does show you, though. I mean, you can, you can. I mean, that we must be paying. That's probably what the wholesalers are charging, and you're able to get it for that money. And that's that includes delivery. You know, it's incredible. So you, got, bottles. so you got your petrol can. What did you do with it? I got my petrol can, and it, well, the only actual thing I need, in fact, I've got a petrol can for sale, new and unused, um, because I, all I needed was the top. You know, the actual, the upper kind of. Um, a pipe that, that attaches itself to the um, the, the canister. Right. You screw it on, and then it stops you spilling all the petrol when you're trying to fill your lawnmower. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that bit, the actual screw top is available with a petrol can. So if anyone you know is looking for one for four pound, it's theirs. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. deeper than list. Eight pence, eight pence save. It's like, it's like going to like going Although to. Although in most places they're about seven quid, but it's only on Amazon that they're four. No, it's like so, it's like going to these sports shops that have these sales and say was thirty quid now is twenty nine ninety eight. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, Big saving. Yes, we can save you money. Oh, well, great! I go okay. I won't be buying in there then. Right, <laughs> something else. Yeah. So what else? Um, so what's what's new in the? in Duns or was it the Duns news or the Duns Chronicle what's been happening well yeah um, it's, uh, they had the, the Jim Clark event about two weeks ago which was really good well attended and really a great event on the Saturday Sunday um, they had lots of lovely cars at all the Jim Clark Lotuses and uh, and they were racing up and down the street on Sunday afternoon which was uh, really good fun actually we saw Jackie Stewart he was there and Alan McNish and uh, Douglas Niven and quite a few other kind of famous. In fact, Colin Chapman's son, uh, Clive Chapman, was there as well. So really, it was it was a wonderful, um, wonderful uh, weekend. I got some video footage of that, um, and the noise from these old racing cars was just amazing. Really, it was really atmospheric. Um, so it was a good, it was a really good event. And then we've got the Reavers Week coming up in the beginning of July. I think it's about the sixth of July there about. So I'll double check. What's the um, what's, what's the Reavers Week? It's a kind of fete week, you know, where they have lots of parades. They all go around on horses, and and they do drink quite a bit, but um, but they, they have quite a lot of fun racing around Duns on horseback, um, and they do rides, and they go into town, and there's a uh, kind of the, the schools do um, special projects as well for like we have a thing called the Winston Maid, um, where the, it's a kind of a, a local uh, girl from the primary is picked. Um, and they represent Duns basically, and they go around so on, a, like, on a carriage. So on. it's like like a gala queen. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah like Gala Queen, so, yes. My, yes uh, my, one of my sister was a Gala Queen way back, so maybe about... Yeah, so. well, I remember at primary, we were always getting picked for different things. For You'd, you'd be in the kind of... They'd be, they need about 20 people to be in the line afterwards. And we used to do it in Dunn's Park, and you had to hold this kind of ring thing, which yeah. um, the, the, the Gala Queen would go under. She'd walk underneath it. And in the old days, when it, was, it always seemed a bit warmer in the summer, um, they used to every so often when hadn't drunk enough, you know, hadn't drunk enough water, so the wee kids would end up collapsing due to dehydration because they're standing there for about two hours. Um, so yeah, there's usually all sorts of things that happen. Uh, but no, it's, it's a good fun event actually. It's it's a lot of fun. It's nice for the the, the town to get together and and, uh, and and put on stunts and films and different stuff that they do. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's good fun. So so are you um being given are you volunteering to shovel the horse shit up after they've after they've been round? Uh, I do actually. The, the, the parade of horses is actually quite fun. Um, but um, no, I'm, I'm, that's some, that, that's a council job. That one. <laughs> do you pay them? Can they afford it? Can the council afford it? Well, I thought they have these biomass kind of uh, boilers now, so they just throw anything into it. Oh, good point. And that gives them power for all their buildings. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we can't afford electricity, but we can. Fill it up with shit, and you you get all the help to see you want. They certainly talk enough of it, so that's probably where they get it from. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> certainly, say the least. That's a good good smell. Clears the sinuses. A good bit of a good horse manure. It's quite quite refreshing. Not, uh, we'll probably leave them there. Interesting story. Yeah, let's go on to the next subject. I think. Yes, uh, next story um, we have in in where were we? The news recent newspaper. Just looking at the metro, I thought just to put silly silly this little silly stories. Since when would you expect a traffic warden to put a ticket on a wheelbarrow? Now, really? <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, putting, yes, I understand. Maybe maybe things are times are hard. I know sometimes traffic wardens they have to um, put a, obviously a parking ticket on a car, 
maybe there's things and some of these other targets to certain to meet and they have to if they don't meet those targets they may say well you're fired so uh, but the thing of desperate times causes of desperate measure, measures and uh, we it just sounds totally daft traffic warden putting a ticket on a wheelbarrow really then uh, it's just this is a story in the metro people a traffic warden gives a parking ticket to a wheelbarrow now if whoever owns the wheelbarrow you can simply go to B&Q and buy yourself a new one and uh, just leave that one there and then they can just go the the, the well, bin. cheaper than the tickets probably only 25 quid exactly and <laughs> <laughs> about 65 for the tickets and that is, is, is this, i went to read you the story this is just bonkers totally bonkers britain bonkers council typical uh it's crazy it says that the pic the picture is a picture of a traffic warning putting a ticket on the side of a fuel barrel it simply says the picture shows the moment he appeared to put a parking ticket on the fuel barrel on the road it's not quite clear that what traffic offence the owner of the wheelbarrow committed when they placed it on the street in, se- uh, in the central Leeds, West Yorkshire. Although leaving it in the road probably isn't the best thing to do, the picture shows an, um, there are no yellow lines near the parking spot, but there appears to be no sign of a pay and display ticket. The, picture were, the pictures were originally posted online and... Um, and who tweeted Leeds Council putting parking ticket on a wheel, parking ticket on a wheelbarrow? Later tweet this is a real um, this real couldn't so I can't can't speak. This is for real. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. So basically, I mean, they, really, they should have stuck a real clamp on it. Uh, it would be a lot easier. But a real, a real clamp is not going to go anywhere. A real clamp on a wheelbarrow. Yes. Um, so obviously, I mean, if, I mean, you're, you're I'm as as bonkers. I mean, this is like. This bonkers guy must have said, uh, there's a real barrel illegally parked on the road. Uh, I think, uh, there's, sorry, you're going to have to move it. Uh, who's the owner? Um, I can't find the owner, so I'll just stick a ticket on the real barrel. Um, that'll give me my quota for the day, and I should get my bonus when I go back. Uh, that... I can see this happening, you know. Is uh, the owner of the wheelbarrow will say, Yes, I'll pay your ticket just now, just come, just follow me into the building site. Yes. And he'll just wait and let the wheel let the, the tour holes <laughs> board and wait at a particularly dangerous point without knowing. Exactly. Wait for the stuff to fall on top of him and that'll be that done. Exactly. Know? It's bonkers, it's just crazy. I mean, you think they've got some of the, I think some of these. They've got no registration number, you've got to have a registration number and all these other things exactly. to identify the vehicle. Uh, you can't it's gonna have a um, you know, it's like untaxed or it's whatever else. Nobody's looking is simply take the sticker off and stick it on a lamppost and walk away. I mean, usually, I mean, usually, usually, they take photographs before they put the ticket on the things. They've got evidence, but who are they going to send the evidence to to say if you haven't got an, if you've got unpaid wheelbarrow, <laughs> unpaid parking time for your your wheelbarrow? I was off. We can't. story in the metro was uh, basically in um, where is it Cam- the Cambridge News in Cambridgeshire obviously in Cambridge they have they must have a I've never heard this before but obviously they have they have um, a nude I think it's called Kent a nude, uh, it's a nude cycle ride in Kent there's a picture that all the cyclists are obviously butt naked and riding a bike with all their stuff on okay so but they um <laughs> one of the cyclists had to be had to be removed from the the event simple because just to basically well let's just say he perked up a bit to say the least and had to be had to be removed so just to um read the story i thought i could tell where this is going which is actually perfectly it's in the metros it's a perfectly clean but it's just it's very quite funny uh a witness uh, a cyclist was removed from a nude ride in kent after getting overexcited and aroused. Witnesses say police led the man away after stunned participants noticed as they derobed as at the start of the world naked bike ride. 
uh, I heard gasps and I turned around. It was hor a horrible sight. One witness is quoted of saying, <laughs> on Cambridge News, um, it's a fair to say, uh, he was overexcited and got aroused. It looked like he was enjoying the event a bit too much. So uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the organisers went over to him and told him to put his trousers on while speaking on a walkie-talkie to the police. The man looked sheepish when he was spoken to by police. police. Um, in response to complaints, people on Facebook, ride organiser Barry Freeman said, we do not accept this behaviour, and he was dealt with, with and removed before the ride started. So, um, uh, what a stupid event in the first place. I'm sorry. So, I mean, so basically, just, just to... I mean, we don't want to see naked cyclists. They're normally pretty ugly and offensive I mean, anyway. I'm sorry, I don't really want to see I, a bunch of naked I mean, cyclists running around the place obviously, on well, their bikes. Obviously, me, I mean, obviously, sometimes it can be different. You can't. Sometimes you can't control that sort of thing. Certain area uh, between your yeah, and uh, you um, when you may have, it might be it might be some nice good looking. I mean, woman. if they want to go and cycle like that, go somewhere where nobody will see them. You know, up the, know. Up the Highlands or somewhere where there's nobody. You know, an old beach somewhere where there's it's nobody about. Too cold. But in a city, I mean, goodness yeah. me, what a stupid thing to do. There must be. I think there was a, a rise in the ambulance. Ambulances were on alert for the old people and the pacemakers were packing in uh, after cyclists and were, were driving cycling past these people. So. Did they say what they were trying to achieve at the end of it? It's I mean, basically it just. Uh, I think it's just a. I think it's just in a local event. This obviously happens, and uh, basically, oh. obviously, somebody got a bit perky, and uh, in more ways than one. So. Um, That's great. Obviously. He's very, maybe he's Viagra, Viagra kicked in at the wrong time. <laughs> Oops, uh, should have taken that. <laughs> Damn, wrong tablets. Exactly. Oh, damn. Damn, damn, care system. The damn, the damn, the damn. The help, the help, because it's an advert for the new 500L, I get it. It's a new Fiat 500. Okay. No, no, the 500X, that's what it is. And it's it, it, only the Italians who get away with it. The, basically, the, the, there's a, a chap who um, suddenly gets a chance to have a, let's say, an intimate time with a lady, um, and he realizes that he needs his Viagra pills. So, of course, <laughs> he tries to find his Viagra pill, and it falls out the window. He kind of can't catch it. It falls out the window, and it lands on this little Fiat 500 through the sunroof. <laughs> And then, of course, it goes in and the Fiat 500 becomes this Fiat 500X. So much tougher and meaner kind of like um, thing. But it's a very good ad for it, actually. It's very funny. He chases it down the street to try and catch up with it. Um, and uh, so it is, it is quite a laugh. But you only get away with that in Italy. And, uh, it, would, it, would, be, it would be the same if it was in, if it, if it was in if kind of like Bradford or Leeds or somewhere. It just wouldn't be the same kind of get-go, I don't think, you know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. But no, that's, that's uh, two of your random stories. Also, obviously, we're talking. This is old news, and you, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago that certainly they had the. Oh, what I was going to say is, uh, before I go back to what I was going to say, is going to that Tony. Obviously, Tony Blair has resigned as the peace envoy. Did you notice? <laughs> yeah, I know. Now we're going to have lots more peace. Yes, he's going to he's going to join Ed Miliband on the cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to sing with Jim. Exactly. It's the Mogadon. He's going to do his Mogadon one string puppet missing on, on, on I'm the sorry, but If I was in Ibiza, if I had the misfortune to have to go there on holiday and uh, and then the, the, to guarantee that by seeing Ed Miliband turn up, I would just be saying I never again would I be wanting to go to Ibiza. I mean, that would just be the worst possible place to I know. go. I was saying, can I, I get my. He went there. Sorry, can I get a refund? Who's going to kill the party faster than Ed Miliband? Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's, <laughs> going, he's, he's, he's going to join up with Tony Blair as a double act. Because obviously they're, they're, out, they're both out of a job. <laughs> they're going to need something to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, Blair's made millions and millions out of boys' kind of books and, and speeches and tours of this, that, and the next thing. And uh, so they're not. He's not short of a penny or two. I know exactly. So and also a couple of weeks ago, you had um, it was Saudi Arabia. They were uh, uh, a job interview. And I thought you might have applied for execution uh, executioners. So if you is just, that what they wanted? No, I hadn't seen that. No, yeah, that. no, it was. Um, oh, it was a bit. It was kind of done a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'll actually put. Um, I'll find it's Saudi. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Um, it was very really quite interesting. Interesting skills for. Um, 
Um, yeah, we but, needed a sword and a be able to, to throw it, <laughs> kind of to make one swoop, <laughs> one swoop uh, move. Eh? I know. Um, I'm just uh, I'm saying you're a bit executioner. I'm just trying to find out the job. Ah, here we go. What's your previous ex- what's your previous experience supposed to be? <laughs> I know. Well, this, this, this is this was just a, about 11, 12 days ago, over uh, two weeks ago. Obviously, it's sort of past news. It was uh, talked about in a few other podcasts. Um, yeah. Simply, obviously, you're kind of recruiting, advertising for eight new executioners, recruiting extra staff to carry out the increasing number of death sentences, usually done by public beheading. No special quali- no special qualifications are needed for the jobs, uh, whose main role is executing a judgment of death, but also involving performing amputations on the excuse me on those convicted of lesser offences. The advert posts posted on the civil service job portal said, "The Islamic Kingdom is in the top of five countries in the world for putting people to death." Rights groups say it ranked third in 2014 after China and Iran and ahead of Iraq and the United States, according to Amnesty International figures. A man beheaded on Sunday was the 85th person this year whose execution was recorded by the official Saudi press agency, compared to 88 in the whole of 2014. Uh, according to Human Rights Watch, uh, Amnesty said there were at least 90 executions last year. Most were executed for murder, but 30 had committed drug offences, um, said about half were Saudi, uh, others from Pakistan, Yemen, Syria, Jordan, blah blah, blah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so basically, if you want a job in executions, there we go. Goodness. It'd be quite good pay, I think. It's certainly a bit bonkers to say the least. So, what's your um, what would you uh, what what's your recent view on the corruption at FIFA? Have you watching it? Oh yeah, it's been something else. I mean, we all kind of know that it's been pretty ropey. And the fact that then the girl said, well, not said, said Blatter kind of trying to defend his position, saying, oh, it wasn't really me, you know. You know, I was there before and after. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, sinking ship is going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it is pretty ropey. I mean, the, the, I think for the fact that the FBI has been on to it and there been, uh, you know, all these allegations against different members and so on, um, yeah, I, I think... They're probably going to put a few away in jail. I'd be very surprised if they don't. Um, think, um, but it, it, it's I, pretty shocking. I bet you, as soon as uh, I think, as soon as these people got arrested, I would probably have guessed that Seb before the election. I think Seb Blatter. I think the, I think his bum bum cheeks were clanging a little bit and saying, "Hmm, I could be next." <laughs> I think he would be next. Flights to Mauritius. Yes, he's, he's got the bag. He's got the bags packed at the door, and I think he could be. Uh, we can find out. Yeah, he might actually be on Virgin Galactic one way. Uh, <laughs> yes, in fact, he's got enough money to build it. So if you could just get, I'm going to start the Premier League on Mars. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, I'm going to start the World Cup on Mars. First one. <laughs> I no, it's it, it's. I mean, it is ropey. I mean, they, they, I mean, they, 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 I'm sure there's a few reports saying that some of it was it is it Qatar in 2022 or something, and then Russia in 2018, and they've all been saying it's been done without any irregularities. You know, it was what it was one fairly and squarely, um, but it, I suppose it depends who's doing the winning and, and how they kind of make the rules. I suppose, but uh, yeah, yeah a lot of people have said that it's maybe not been. Quite as fair as it could have been. I'm saying, uh, uh, they're saying with the voting, they obviously got re elected, uh, uh, mainly the Asia and Oceanic sort of kind of wee teams, uh, smaller countries that keep kept them in. So I'm just wondering uh, after after they got voted in. And, oh, uh, the money, they're going to be making money to, <laughs> I'm just saying, I wonder when they got the, the, the text message on the phone saying, You can find your brown paper bag full of money in this place. Just feel free, uh, and, go, feel free and go and pick it up. <laughs> It sound, it's the people they were interviewing some of the delegates there who were going to vote for him, and in the same way as they said, "Oh yes, we're all going to vote for them," you know, they're the same law that I would reckon it looks like would be all ready to collect their foreign aid, you know, giving us reasons why we need to pay them all that money, and then you just find it's going on, you know, palaces and helicopters and jets and everything else. Um, it's it's it is pretty ropey. It really is. Exactly. So it's been an inter- just an interesting couple of weeks. With the news has been. Hit or miss, there's not been much going on. There's been a little you've had, uh, yeah, um, there hasn't been anything major. No, really. I did watch the, the um, opening of Parliament, oh, um, yeah, which, yeah. which was quite was quite fun 
and that and uh, yeah all the SNP shouting and applauding and then being told yes. off um, but uh, they can make all this noise you know and I mean there was Sturgeon was it yesterday going to Brussels to say oh Scotland really needs the EU and, and I was saying yeah they need the, the SNP need the EU so that when they fail in Scotland there'll be jobs for them over there <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> I mean it's always they fail, in the, they fail in their own country and they get great jobs in the EU that's how it works for them well but, um, I'm going to say to you over the last two weeks on Nicola Sturgeon when you hear being interviewed on the radio or any media outfit or the, I shouldn't say the mainstream media, uh, uh, and, uh, regulated by Ofcom and by the bloated, bloated Broadcasting Corporation. Um, all she, all you seem to hear her is it's the same. She's a, like her, whoever her advisors who write her speeches for her, or simply it's just, it's the same bloody thing. It's repeats after repeats. She might as well just. You could write on the half her speech is like written on the back back of a fag packet. It's crazy. Anti austerity. That's yes. the only thing they know. Yeah, and that's all she it's all so because I'm telling you something, I think if she the simple fact is if they given her full fiscal autonomy, uh, the simple fact is they would have basically she would have, she would have been the colour would have drained from her face. Uh, <laughs> and the simple fact is that we would have had to either raise taxes in Scotland, or we would have had to do a lot of us take a lot of cuts. Yes. So yeah, the party of, of anti-austerity would have been the party of austerity, full stop. Exactly. Know, so yeah. um, I think the fact is that she she's so desperate to keep the EU, but the simple fact yeah. is, I think as soon as Greece exit and gets out of the EU, because they're pretty much defaulting on their on everything possible. Yeah, that's going to be. I was going to say that's going to be. I think the big story of the next few weeks. Because I've been watching that quite carefully, and it's it's very interesting. Because even the IMF were saying that if they if Greece drops out of the euro, it might not be actually that bad. Because um, when they start saying that the basically there's nothing else they can do, and there've not been any agreements so far, yeah. um, that is going to have. I think that that could be. I think the one way we might actually win the referendum for for an exit might well be because Europe does it itself. At the end of the day, Greece dropping out and, and maybe causing you know quite major problems in, in other parts of Europe, mm-hmm. and that might just say to the British people, look, this is a sinking ship. Uh, we need to get out, um, because you know the, the the single market is decreasing every year. It's not increasing; it's decreasing, mm-hmm. and it's as dodgy as anything. The deals that they're producing, uh, this trade agreement with America basically means that big corporations can make make the rules. I mean, how is that fair? You know, um, it's absolutely ropey. Um, but uh, so that's going to be the big news. But I mean, the, the, I think the SNP honestly think the EU is going to give Scotland money if it was become independent at some point. That they would be in line for all this money, and it, there isn't any. Is and it? you know, so, so I just can't understand why they're so desperate to do it because they honestly think either there's money or it's jobs, jobs for the boys. You know, in the long term. And the sim- and it, it, either way, it's a it's a complete fallacy. Exactly, and the simple fact is, if we did get full fiscal autonomy or any more powers, she, she's actually. <laughs> yes, true. And uh, the fact is that she just wants to raise minimum wage or the living wage, get people to pay the living wage. And it's a bit crazy. So we can't, nobody can really afford the living wage or the putting the wage up, especially small businesses. And it's going to make it harder, a lot harder. So anyway, um, let's say uh, I'm going to, and what we're going to do is we're going to play some music. What kind of music would you like us to play on the show today, Mr. Hattrick? Oh, what, what, what choice have we got? What's, let's uh, have, the... well, what we do is we'll have a book. Going to take a commercial break and uh, we'll basically come back to you in a second. Are you looking for a cleaner? Are you perhaps fed up with your current supplier or you just can't be bothered to clean the house yourself? Well, now you have a great option. It's called EdinburghDusters.com, the company that loves to clean. Not only are they competitive on price, but they are excellent on quality and they can clean your house, your flat, your business, any premises you have, they can clean. So, go on to the website, edinburghdusters.com, and get a quote now. You won't be disappointed. Are you looking for a new car? Are you, do, are you looking for a used car? Please come to Car Deal Advisor. We will save you thousands on the retail price, even on thousands on what the garages are charging. Uh, we will also take part exchange of your old car, um, and also we will help you buy a, a better, good quality used car as well. So please contact Cardinal Advisor via Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. We're now going to play some music by Azura called Sleep on the Way.
For listening to that song, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so, Hatchick, you're going to tell me we were going to some of the McDonald's franchise restaurants that have basically well gone bust and not worked. For so, what restaurants that do you know that are not work, running anymore? Um, yes, yeah, so there was one near the, the Southern General in Glasgow, which is now kind of oh, derelict. Oh, the, su- the, um, suffer- the Suffering General. We can come back to that in a second. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, just outside there, there was a McDonald's and a Lidl's. And um, the Lidl's is still there, as far as I know. It was there a couple of years ago when I last was there. Did they went to Lidl? They went to Lidl and bought their chicken, McNu- chicken nuggets when they ran out, because it's cheaper. <laughs> and they still, <laughs> and they still, and they still, still made a, still sold them for a fiver. <laughs> It might actually be chicken as well. You know? it, it probably <laughs> would be actually, yes. Anyway, so you're, what, tell us the story about the one in Glasgow that's basically down well, was a, Yeah, I mean, it was, it was basically because people kept breaking into it So it, um, after it closed. But I was very surprised because you'd think near to a hospital it would do quite well because people would just nip out and get stuff when they need it. Yes. Um, you know, because there obviously so many people coming in all the time. Um, and that one closed. <laughs> you're, so, you're, um, you're in a hospital to cure your, to get treatment for your obesity. So um, your guests, your visitors, come and visit you. And they bring you a drive-through. They bring you a drive-through from McDonald's. Except at the Glasgow Southern General, they really did bring you the actual drive-through. Right, exactly. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kept being broken into and burnt down, so they had to keep they had to put um, guardrail all around it. So I don't know what they've done if it's still there now or if somebody else has bought it over. But for ages, it was just derelict. And uh, so of course, all the kids were trying to get into it. So basically, well, um, I wonder why it didn't. I wonder why it didn't work out. It's bizarre. And it's very, very surprising because, you know, they cost millions, well, half a million pounds easily to, to buy one. And then you've got to do lots of training. And they, normally McDonald's kind of um, look at it as well to make sure it's going to be, you know, viable. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised at that, actually. And there was another one, remember, in Edinburgh, at the Sunny World. Um, the, it was uh, quite well, a big one. Oh, well, that was way back, yes, in Fountain Park. It was uh, the one that, Fountain it, Park, that one went bust. What did that used to, was that, what did that used to be before? That was something, was before it was a McDonald's. It was, was kind of like a, it was an amusements next to it in, in a club or something. <clears> um, yeah, you had, uh, well, you had the Eros and Elite, the club, then you had McDonald's, then McDonald's opened a wee hatch. I think before McDonald's actually probably arrived, it was something else, and maybe... But there's also, they had Wimpy in the bowling. That's right, they had a Wimpy in the, 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 the amusement spin. It used to be Mega Bowl, and then Mega Bowl is now, uh, now, <laughs> now Tempin. That'll be your phone going off then. Uh, that'll be probably. It is. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's a bit difficult that's to Jonathan edit. saying, What's the world coming to? Yes, that's <laughs> d- that will be different to edit that out. 
Um, so anyway, um, so so the one I that one didn't work out at all. So you're surprised, but uh, anyway, so we, there was one in Spain as well when I was recently there. The one had obviously shut down. So uh, on the main main town in Torremolinos, obviously it's closed. It obviously didn't work out. You'd be surprised that it did. But um, but anyway, let's talk about the suffering General Hospital in Glasgow. Sorry, the Southern General. Uh, the one they built this thing. It looks something like out of a movie set, of, like of Star Trek. And uh, let's just say it's probably modelled similar to the Edinburgh Royal Infirmary, where everything is half the size of what it was on the previous hospital. It maybe was there or not. And uh, so let's get the update from the hat-trick. What's been happening on the suffering general? Well, in all fairness, you probably know more about it than I do. I mean, I remember just driving past okay. it on the motorway as they were building it, um, and it was getting <laughs> bigger and bigger. I mean, it's a real tower, a real um, tower block. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, it was quite... I mean, I remember before they even started on that, because um, we had to use that a few times, uh, the, the southern general, and the car parking was, was something else during the day. So they built a multi-storey car park, and that did ease the, the problem somewhat. But that was before they built the tower block. So now they've built all that. I mean, I don't know how people are going to park anywhere near there to actually get in. So I think I know there's been quite a lot of issues with people trying to get access and wards being a little bit smaller than they were before. But I don't know what they're going to do with all the old buildings that are on the same site, whether it's going to continue as a hospital or if it will be sold off. But I can't imagine they're going to build housing right next to the hospital. Um, it may not be the nicest place to build one, certainly, to build um, houses there. But uh, um, So we need to see what they're going to do with all that. Well, here's a couple of news updates that was a few days ago from the Southern General Hospital. Um, they have, and this is from, on the, this is the Daily Record, also known as the Daily Rangers, because there's more news about Rangers than anything else, and uh, people squeezing spots as well. Always random, and you go, it must be a slow news day if they're having to uh, broadcast on a newspaper saying, oh, this is somebody squeezing a pimple with pus in it, and you go, hmm, right. Yes, I'm sure there's more exciting things and more important things going on in the world than people squeezing spots. Right. Um, wouldn't you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always a story somewhere. Yes, let's uh, talk about the war zone in the suffering, suffering General Hospital. Um, basically, it, it does look like a war zone. Um, it's uh, quite bizarre. Uh, it says, the accident and emergency department at the Scotland's 80, 842 million showpiece my word, it's almost that's just a little bit more than what the trams cost for one lane. That's, that's about 100 million, give or take 100 million of what the Edinburgh tram system costs. My goodness, we could have we could have built a, my word for that money. We could have built we could have built another line. They could have said they could just could have built another well, line. They spent Glasgow spent nearly a billion pounds on the Commonwealth Games. Exactly, and that's nearly another billion on a, on one hospital. Exactly. Let's talk I mean, about. It's not, exactly, yeah. it's not exactly New York, is it? No, it's not. I mean, you not. can understand them costing billions in New York, but not in, in Glasgow. Exactly. Well, hey, I mean, that's, that's they've the, made the money there. That's the money they're saving on the benefit cuts. Um, yeah. you know, well, it's <laughs> all these multinationals that they that they get backs, isn't they? Exactly. They do build it all. And they've just made a killing out of it. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is a story recently. It's got um, um, the eight hundred forty-two million showpiece. Uh, new hospital is like a war zone. Horrified doctors and patients' relatives um, have warned. Uh, medic, medics, visitors, nurses, and support staff told the of mayhem at A and E at the Southern South Glasgow Hospital with eight-hour waits, patients on trolleys lined up in corridors, and sick people having to sit on the floor. Health chiefs boast that the huge complex, nicknamed the Death Star by Glaswegians. <laughs> Well, we're all, we're all That's for... not good for an NHS hospital. I know. But, well, <laughs> well, well, out hope wherever you go. Yes, we'll offer a gold standard of healthcare. It's time to go <laughs> private. Goodness me. My word. So, um, is, uh, so, so basically, <laughs> offering. So the chances of you going into the Southern General uh, to get help is you're more likely to die. So, um, it's like. <laughs> So I think if you may want to phone your life insurance and say, I'm going to the Southern General Hospital. You may want to activate my life insurance. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. Um, 
It says, but but just weeks after the opening of the new A&E designed to take patients who would have gone to the old Southern General, Victoria Infirmary and Western Infirmary, one doctor claimed he was already in meltdown. He said it only took two major cubicle spaces larger than the Southern Southern Victoria and the Western combined. On Tuesday, if you'd been outside the immediate uh, um, immediate assessment unit for GP referrals to hospital, you would have seen half a dozen paramedics with patients waiting in the corridor. So basically, ambulance are queuing up because they simply can't cope. Uh, Unable to go there and get their patients into the triage by the nurse, let alone seen by a doctor, they had to divert GP referrals to the Glasgow Royal. So basically, it's... They built the. They seem to want to build this massive new building, but there's just, it's no room. There's not there's no room in it. They've just obviously badly designed it. And it just it's going to be it's complete farce. The source feels the system will uh, tipped further into absolute chaos when A and E patients who would have gone to the western moved to South Glasgow at the end of the month. He said he added the hospital is at least three hundred beds short. So they've made it three hundred beds short. What a disaster for all that money, perhaps. Uh, they are teething problems, but consultants are worried. So uh, a daughter of an 80-year-old woman who went to the new A&E on Monday said she was traumatised by what she saw there. Shirley Canning's mum arrived in an acute receiving ward next to A&E on the day it opened to patients from the other, other hospitals. We were sent uh, there by mum's doctor and arrived before 6pm. Shirley said mum didn't get, to, uh, get seen until 1.30am. Wow. Um, and she was treated as a priority because of her age. So that that just proves that it's basically well. If it's like, well, you know who's in charge of the NHS in Scotland? Oh, the SNP. SNP. So there we go. So if you want to keep keep voting SNP, if you want this to continue, if you want, so the chances of. Uh, hmm, and they've been they've been in charge for a long time since it was in two thousand seven. I think it was. Exactly. They've been doing all these things. So yeah, it's. So, uh, it's all, a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's all a bit bonkers. So that's your uh, update on your suffering general in Glasgow. So if you're looking to, uh, if you fall ill, I would just escape quickly. Uh, just don't go to hospital in Glasgow, personally. Um, you might want to go private. <laughs> anyway, so what's next on the agenda, Mr. Hattrick? What's been happening? Um, anything else you'd like to discuss that you've been reading up in the news or something else? Anything? Yeah, well, there was a great Grand Prix last week. I know that was, it's a, maybe it's yeah. a, over a week ago now since it was on. Um, but it was quite funny because I knew that Hamilton, even though he led and did a brilliant job, I just knew that something was going to happen. And, of course, his, his, uh, his team made this terrible error of judgment to bring him in for an unnecessary pit stop, which meant that he couldn't get past uh, Rosberg or Vettel, and he went from first to third, and that's where he finished. So he was absolutely gutted. Um, but it was another mistake by his team. But uh, as usual, it was a very glamorous race. So, but Monaco just looked amazing in the sunshine. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was quite. I think it was quite. A, it's. A, I wouldn't say a turning point in the championship. But Canada in a week's time is going to be really exciting so um, you, because uh, it's it's getting closer and closer. So do you think for the if he hadn't? So do you think the pit stop was a bit too early or too late? It, they just didn't need to do it. They, yeah. It was a mis. It was a miscommunication. Right. And he thought that the, the people behind him were coming in and they didn't. Um, and no one's told him to stay out. And he should have just said, no, just stay out because it was a safety car. So um, he had no problem in staying out. He would, have, he would have led after that and that would have been it. No problem. That would have been a win in the bag. Um, but, uh, but they told him to come in. And that, so that was it. How many, or, well, he made the choice to come in. How many, so, Grand, how many Grand Prix has there been since it started again? I think there's been about that must be the, the, the I think that was the sixth Grand Prix of the year. And how many? How, how many has Hamilton won so far? Uh, uh, he won. I think he's won four of them. So it's not bad. It's good going. Four. Yeah, he's won. I'm just trying to think. Um, he won in uh, Melbourne. Uh, he didn't win in Malaysia, but then he won in China, Bahrain. Uh, so maybe he's actually only won three. So three. And then Rosberg won in Spain, and then he won in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be that. Yeah, so he's mm-hmm. won three. That's good. So. But he's finished in all. He's finished in all the races. Um, but that was his lowest place I think so far. So, okay. being third, but it's, it's turning out to be quite a good championship though. It's 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 only ten points in it. Um, and although Hamilton is is by far and away the best driver this year, I mean he's really doing some cracking performances. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still not winning. So. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it, it, uh, 
it's it's going to be close, I think. But it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Do you know it's going to be a year? It's now now the well the football season have now finished as well. Uh, you've got the Grand Prix, but it's actually going to be a relatively probably quiet year for sport this year because there's no there's no Olympics or anything. There's no or Commonwealth Games, uh, Commonwealth Games it was, uh, but there's no. Uh, uh, no football, no football no or World football. Cup or anything. It's all gone rather quiet. It's all yeah, and the rugby you, World Cup thing is later, isn't it? Is yeah. It September? So, so you, all you've really got is gone. you've got tennis. You could maybe have a bit of athletics or something usual kicking around, but it's going to be a quiet summer for sport this year. I think it's not going to be much going uh-huh. on, uh, which is probably not a bad thing because people are skinned <laughs> still. Uh, austerity, austerity, austerity. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but um. Yeah, so it's been it's been quite good. So it's certainly interesting news recently. So it's been certainly um, right. all been, well, been lots of news on the Labour front, aren't they? Because all the new the contenders, mm. the contenders, the Labour leadership are now trying to backtrack and say, "Oh yes, we did spend too much when we were last in power." They weren't saying that before the election. What's also name again? Ed Balls' uh, partner, Bette Cooper. Uh, she's wanting to go because uh, she's running for the uh, election. Yes. She's, and she's now basically criticising her colleagues, at, uh, which is recently in the news today. Um, so it sounds like, do you think she will be the next Labour leader? Well, if she is, it might be quite good news for the Tories. I mean, I don't know, I, I think she's part of the old scheme, and I think people might not trust her. Um, and I, I still don't think, I, I think they had a pretty bad loss you know, three weeks ago. And, and I think it's going to take them at least 10 years to come back from that. Do you think? Um, it, yeah, at least that. I, I mean, I hope they never come back from it, because I think they're dreadful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just think they're not, their policies are out of date, yeah. and they're, they're, not, they're not aspirational. And when they try and be aspirational, it's fake. It's our, just borrowing money. So our, yeah. our labor, uh, our, have Labour gone from being new Labour to old Labour again? And uh, maybe they need to bring back Tango Tony, because uh, he is now out of a job, and to get back, get back into politics and become new, 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 new labour. Uh, if you certainly want to be old labour, it's going to be new, new, new labour, or whatever that you want to call it. <laughs> no, I think actually, if he did come back, it would be even better news for the Tories. You know, uh, really, <laughs> I think people would realise that. Well, there's all the thing with the Iraq War and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, I, th- I think, I think it would put labour, you know, former labour voters off quite a bit. Yes. Um, so I think it's going to have to be one of the kind of younger generation, but I still don't think they're they're just not conviction politicians. You know, they're not. They don't. They they're, they're just not got anything that you would say. I'll vote for that. You know. Well, so, certainly, it's just certainly, Theresa May has gone into. Uh, she's certainly when it comes to politics recently, she's laid down the law. At the, I think it was a recent police federa- uh, confederation. Uh, oh, that's thing. right. Yeah. And um, she certainly laid down the law uh, pretty much, but uh, she's still making cuts. So uh, I want. She's obviously demanding a lot, but basically the thing is, there's going to be no police to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's going to be it's going to be cyber police, isn't it? I mean, there will be robots coming. Well, uh, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be drones, <laughs> like drones. You be you're walking down the street, you got a drone stuck up your ass, and you go, hey, <laughs> you're under arrest. And what the fuck? Do I got a drone stuck up my ass, man. This is not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's something else. But, I mean, they, obviously they're not going to save some money, but they had a, quite an interesting idea that they were going to cut um, job seekers' allowance and housing benefit from, what was it, under-21s, maybe, or maybe even older than that, um, and basically it would wipe out an, um, job seekers' allowance for under-21s, I think it was, um, and basically they'd have to work 30 hours to get the benefit. Uh, so yeah. they reckon that would pretty much wipe out all the uh, all the claims yeah. for job seekers under for under for people under twenty one. Do you think uh, they should bring back national service? It's an interesting idea. I mean, maybe in its basic form, it's possibly actually. I, I, I did think it was a Prince Harry that said that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, my dad did it, and and he or he really said it was. I mean, he was over in Africa doing that. Um, but in the early 50s. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder, in a kind of maybe a much smaller, kind of trimmed down way, it might actually be quite a good thing to give people um, a certain kind of standard of, yeah. of you know, working for the community. A bit, a bit of discipline and also they learn some skills as well and they could yeah, go forward. Uh, working just, for people that are not, you know, that are less yeah. fortunate and having to do it, I think actually would do a lot of people a lot of good. You I'm, sure, know? I'm, sure, I'm sure there's vacancies in, in the city at the moment. <laughs> Why are they doing it? 
in a lot of places. I don't think that's the place they would be choosing somehow. And unless it was the Greens, because the Greens would probably say, "Oh yes, we're going to we're going to do a peace campaign with posters," you know. And it was like, <laughs> do you think? Do you, that, uh, that will stop them. Do you think but, we should? Actually, this is the newsworthy yeah. thing, which I actually put on my Facebook because it was so utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe an American president would come out with this. He basically said that the biggest threat to national to, to U.S. security wasn't ISIS or any of these you know fundamentalist terrorists, right? Yeah. It was climate change. Climate, no, climate, climate change was the biggest threat to U.S. security than anything else. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, but the, where is this man at? What is he going to say next? I mean, they must, I mean, every army chief and lot must think what? I mean, is this guy smoking the drugs? I mean, you wouldn't come out with this stuff. I mean, smoking something anyway. <laughs> not even Caroline Lucas would surely come out with that kind of drivel. I mean, <laughs> climate I mean, change is the biggest threat. Well, we are. We are yeah, the, uh, to, to, to U.S. security. Oh, for goodness sake! You know. Okay. That's... I mean, and there was this just shows how bad the kind of you know the the Clinton kind of Obama oh. lot liberating the Democrats. They're just so out of touch with the real people. I mean, if you ask the man in the street in America, you know, what's the biggest issue you think facing um, U.S. security? They're not going to say climate change. True. They're just out of touch to a degree beyond belief. What would you What would you say regarding the ISIS situation? Just to uh, go slightly off track from uh, climate change. What would you say should would be better in the situation with ISIS, what do you think is the best course of action? Because at the moment they've been taking using airstrikes, airstrikes that maybe don't seem to be working. Um, what with the recent stuff that's in the news, and they're eventually close to actually maybe taking Libya, so they're getting closer to the Mediterranean, Mediterranean these days. And do you think it's time to put troops on the ground and actually say, right, it's time to get these out, take these guys out, Schwarzenegger style? Well, I mean, it's certainly not finished. The, the Iraqi government troops, um, uh, along with was it this, um, some of the Iranian-funded troops, I think, um, yeah. some of the kind of militant groups. I mean, they've already um, mounted some attacks on certain areas now. They won back, was it Ramadi? I think it was. Okay. And they managed to over, They managed to get that back from ISIS. I think it was, or certainly one of the towns up there. And they are, they're, they're, you know, trying to get together to do a lot more of that. Um, I think it has to come though from the armies of the countries nearby. I think it really to make it work, um, and so it doesn't seem like Western countries, you know, kind of dominating and, and kind of imposing themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably you know the only way they can do it. Um, along with, I mean, if they want assistance with obviously air strikes and things like that, it's it's good. I mean, people have said they think the SAS are in there too. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, you know, they're in certain areas, I think, and you know, there's obviously special forces from all the kind of local countries. I think are probably trying to do something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is horrendous, though. I mean, but there were there was a thing on Facebook saying that you know they, they were trying to make Britain look terrible by um, saying that. Uh, in fact, they were trying to make Australia look bad by saying that if you you know if you if you're an Australian citizen and you and you leave the country to become a jihadist, you'll get arrested when you come back and you'll face prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in Sweden, they were they wouldn't arrest them. They would give them all this kind of uh, detox. And kind of training and everything else and all this kind of liberal stuff, um, and that was somehow they thought a more uh, fairer way of doing it. Even though these guys could have killed, you know, how many women and children and basically get off with it. Well, they I are. Mean, it yeah. is, you know, that's modern socialism for me. You know, really nice, isn't it? And uh, but, the, uh, yeah, you are getting at the moment. I suppose they are getting. They're, I mean, they're brutally raping and and uh, oh, uh, kids, uh, young teenagers and kids at the moment over there. Would it be better yeah. to say? I mean, for the people, I mean, at the moment in Britain, you're getting people who are obviously being groomed to go over there. Uh, obviously, these recent three, three, uh, these three girls, kids, three uh, girls. Uh, but I mean, simple fact is that would it not be better to say, I know this sounds a bit grim and a bit kind of blunt to the point, would it not be better to actually say, here's your, here's a couple of plane loads, empty planes at Luton Airport, uh, you know, pass, go on the plane, you take, give, give us your passport, she simply, you make your choice, you go, you don't come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that they should be, if they do come back, they're arrested and put in a military prison, you know, and it shouldn't be in Britain. They should they should put them somewhere else. It should be a joint thing with you with Europe or something like that to kind of get them off. We don't want them in the country. I mean, these, these are terrorists who, are, you know, they're, they're coming back because they think, oh, I'll just escape, I'll just come back to Britain and we'll be fine. Simple, and, simple fact is they should definitely, well, it wouldn't bother us too much if they got a bullet in their head 
because technically it's going to cost us money if you put them in jail or having to uh, pay it cost the taxpayer because they were inciting terrorism. Uh, some people think. But the thing is, they say that some of them are coming back to then do, you know, to, to they're encouraged to, and, and obviously they've learned how to do attacks potentially in Britain, and that's yeah. the scary thing. I you think know, it's, they, uh, I it's, mean, they need to stop them. And I'm sure the the police are doing everything they can to stop them. I mean, Britain is taking a much harder line. I mean, they're arresting yeah. people quite often um, and yeah. they come back. But um, but no, I, I think it's horrendous, and this is where they've got to, um, you know, sort things out because they're too scared to say. Actually, you know, you know, these guys from the Islamic community, um, you know, that obviously that go out to be jihadists, then you know they need to sort them out when they come back. You can't let, you know, I don't think these people are just going to just rehabilitate back into society. You know, I mean, no. not when they've done these horrendous murders and everything else. It's, no. They've got to be held accountable. I, I just don't see how you go out there and you know they're given guns and training. They're going to be sent to the front line straight away, and if they survive for a while, then they might come back. You know, they either die. <laughs> Or they, or they, or they, or they come back at some point. Should, but you know, they are killing people every day out should, there. So should we bring back the? Should be giving these people the the Saddam shuffle by basically bring back hanging for because of what they're being because they're involved in terrorism. Even though it's <laughs> <laughs> simply to say. Right. I've never quite heard of the Saddam shuffle, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I know it's true to be that, and they're seen as martyrs, aren't they? So that's kind of the thing, but. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's. I think if they were found earlier, you know, back in the countries where they've been doing the damage um, by Western forces or or those who are obviously trying to claim it back from ISIS, then I think they should be under the you know they've made to suffer the laws of that country. Yeah. So if they've been proven that they've killed other people or they've they've been you know um, caught in acts of terror, then yeah, they should face. And in these other countries, they might well get the death penalty for that. Um, and I'm saying, well, if they're going to go out there and fight, then they need to be responsible and accountable to the laws of that land. Yeah. You know, and if they lose and they're caught, um, they, even if they give themselves up, but you know, they've they've been found to have murdered, you know, innocent women and children, or even, you know, other army off, you know, people who are in an opposing army, then I'm afraid they need to be, um, you know, face the consequences of that. Yes, exactly. So it, it's, um, but yeah, but it, it is, it is something else. So you know, people are being are being fed this stuff. And it's pretty, pretty dodgy. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's 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 your <laughs> ISIS. Basically, it is time. I think we need to do boots on the ground or something should be done, because it is starting to spiral out, spiral out of control, considering what they're doing, especially to. And also, what's your? I don't know if you've been reading up at all or on the recent news regarding Lord Janner, who is obviously he says he's got dementia and can't stand trial for the buggering and raping. Of innocent kids and people, and basically to bring them to, him to trial, uh, would certainly give the, the people some satisfaction that they are hearing their case regarding this situation. Yeah, right, because I don't put him back in the House of Lords. Or yes, something. he managed to sign. He's he's basically signed, for, obviously put signature certain things that have been passed, and he's signed his house over to. His kids, um, simple fact is, but he's also he's able to sign things in the House of Lords and pass certain things um, while have meant to have dementia, but he should be standing trial. Um, obviously, we, uh, half of them are half of them like Rolf Harris and what's his name Hall or whatever uh, from all the these people are all banged up as it is. I mean, if they can go to trial, why can't he? So um, why can't he be investigated? Um, but it's all to do with Keith Vaz, who is obviously part of Labour. Uh, it's up to him to bring put him in front of the kangaroo court, um, basically, um, and get things sorted out. Uh, so. Well, yeah, I mean, it does seem. It, it, I suppose, but if he goes to court and he just claims he can't remember anything or starts talking yeah. gibberish, then then all that money that's going to do yeah. it. And it's it's a it's a you know, I suppose this time you just just hope and pray for it that justice will be done at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, I mean, only only he can admit to these things or not or at the end of the day or claim that he was innocent of it so you. you know yeah. innocent until proven guilty so um you know that's that's the thing but it, it's it is a real when they start signing to go back into the house of lords you think well if he's if he's able to do that job then he can't be that exactly compass mentis if they can do that so yeah it does make you wonder i know it but, does uh, Never mind. Uh, but that's a bit of we'll leave that a cheery. Uh, that was a, a bit of a cheery notion. Yeah, cheery notion. Exactly, but no. Um, <laughs> so, what's forecast for the hat trick uh, coming up in the next few days, next week? What you got planned? Yeah, I'm going to give you a write up of 
Britain's ugliest car. Oh, that's good. Um, well, what's the car called again? It's called the Sanyong Tivoli. Where, it does where, sound like a piece of pasta. And where can you buy one of these cars? You can buy it from a Sanyong dealer. Um, um, it does have some advantages. It is actually very well built, very well equipped, and very Sang- Sanyong. It seems like something out of either Italy, France, or Japanese. But where would uh, you buy it? It is neither. Neither, <laughs> okay. So where I think it's South Korean, I think. So South Korean. Would, uh, would you but, buy it? Uh, you but buy? Yeah, I'm going to see it this week. I'm going to have a look at it this week and right. uh, get more information. Where, where, right up. where would you buy it in Britain? Um, there are Sanyong dealers. They've been around for quite some time. Is there any um, local? Is there anybody in Italy? Yeah, um, there's, yeah, there's there's local in Scotland. Um, I'm not sure about Edinburgh, but there's um, yeah, there's quite a few about. Um, mm-hmm. If you go into Sanyong.com on Google, you'll be able to get the dealer how, details. Uh, how are you spelling Sanyong? It's double S, double S A N G uh, Y O N G. Wow, interesting name. It's, it's spelling. That's how it sounds. Yeah, and it's called a Tavoli. Tavoli car. Okay. Well, so yeah. it's meant to be really ugly and horrible. It does look pretty ugly, I have to admit, from the pictures. Quite, is it quite economical? Mm, yeah, I think it's relatively economical, um, <laughs> but it is very cheap, and, very and cheap. it is very well equipped, so that's all I've got so far, um, but I'll have more by the end of the week. What, would you com- what kind of car would you compare it to? <laughs> things like the Nissan Juke, okay. um, all kind of what they call crossovers, and things like the Ford EcoSport, so that's, that's maybe a wee bit smaller, but... Uh, um, but yeah, um, but it's supposed to drive quite well. It's, it's already had quite a reasonable review by some magazines. Okay. So. And, uh, and the thing is, if you're looking for something that's as dirty but does have a lot of equipment and it's quite practical, then it's actually quite a good car. What price um, is it? Can live, yeah, well, it's starting off from, I think, 12950 I think it is, thereabouts. So, so it um, is. Which is quite cheap for what, you, for what you're getting. You're actually getting a lot of car for the money. Okay. Uh, is it, but, would you say um, is it on par with, is it better or worse than the, sort of the Dacia range? Yeah, it's probably on par. It's maybe actually a bit better than that. So some of them, I think it's probably going to be more reliable because Sanyong are built pretty well. Right. Um, well, Dacia or that, sorry, Dacia are all kind of Renault bits in that. So I'd probably say in the long term, the Renaults might not be quite as good or the Dacias might, you know. Um, and and when, I saw, <coughs> when I sat in a, a Dacia Duster and took it for a, a, a kind of relatively short run, I have to say, I didn't find it the most comfortable car I'd ever driven. So I'm not sure about if you had to do a long journey in a Dacia, if it would be the most comfortable journey. Okay. Um, but, uh, but they are cheap. I mean, if you can do a brand new car for 5995 for a, it's the Sandero, I mean, you kind of get cheaper than that. Um, but, uh, but it does look like something out of a pre-production kind of model, certainly. But uh, yeah, and it is fairly Spartan in spec. Um, but it does the job if you're just looking for a basic transport. Okay, so in the future you're gonna, so we're gonna be updated sometime on the once you've got more information on that sign. Nice. Tripoli, whatever. Nice, definitely. So it's like a pasta dish you get in a restaurant. I know um, it does. You get it with Morrison's dish. You know, it's like exactly. <laughs> so um, you got one. You know, <laughs> it's like is, oh, that's all good. Uh, hopefully we have soon. We'll have a couple of interviews lined up. Uh, got more potential. We've got a range of time. I'll just emailed her as Marverine Cole, who is a award-winning broadcaster and newsreader from BBC Sky News, and also is now on QBC coming up on one of our podcasts soon. Um, and uh, yeah, so things are developing to say the least. So it seems like it's we're not things are going tickety boo. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. What to say? Yes. No, I, yeah, can we can we go to bed now? Well, I'm going to bed. You're going to your bed. Um, because we're not in the same place. It's again. after. I can't believe it's after midnight. Is it? Oh, we have been talking. Yeah. We do talk a lot of gibberish, don't we? Um. So, uh, <laughs> Brent, go and send send the car around and uh, get the chauffeur to drive me to my bed. They want to pick you up. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can go to your bed and you can get your chauffeur. And uh, anyway, uh, thank you again for listening to um. The Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast with the uh, hope that you can hear uh, this okay with um, as you our last podcast you just uh, explained that uh, with us being in different parts of Scotland even though it's only an hour's drive away um, we'll do our best to bring you a podcast uh, bring you uh, both of us so you don't think it's just a one trick show uh, but, but even if we are doing them over the phone so hopefully you'll get to the best part of both worlds when we're in person um, so if you are looking for any information or want to give us your feedback please email us at hattrickandramsey at gmail.com please contact 
us. We would like your constructive criticism on anything that's been talked about on the show. There will be plenty of criticism, that's for sure. Uh, sounds good, yes. We want to thank our <laughs> listeners in America uh, and other places, parts, other parts of the world. Uh, it's great to know that we are getting listened. Uh, if you'd like to us to do a specific show for maybe a run of your radio stations or local radio stations, we'd be happy to sit down with you uh, and talk to you about that. And if you are looking, want to just know anything at all, or would like to be on our show and talk about some something about yourself or a skill, or if you're in a business, please give us a shout at Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail dot com. So, but it's good to do, good to chat again. And till next time, we'd say thank you to the Hattrick for being on FaceTime, for being a lazy, a lazy you're welcome. for being a lazy sort because he can't get his ass up to Edinburgh, and he can afford a petrol. Yeah, he can yes. buy an electric car. I know. <laughs> You know, can you, does the tram not go that far? <laughs> Edinburgh tram, Edinburgh, 800 million quid and he can't build a track to Duns. Bloody cheapskates. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Have a lovely week to all our listeners. Yes, and uh, so that's... And we'll speak to you next week. I know, Edinburgh trams. Bye. Bye-bye. Edinburgh trams is one year old. And it's a lot of money wasted. Goodbye and good night. Until next time, bye-bye now. <laughs>